Hi everyone, welcome into the Blocko Show presented by Barrio Tacos. I'm your host for this week. I'm joined by the wonderful Caleb Spinner and Tyler Danberg. I'm Colin Plitt, and guys, we're getting into week five of the college football season. This is going to wrap up the five-game homestand for Ohio State to start the year. They're going to be taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights this weekend. But before we get into that, let's just discuss a little bit what happened last Saturday. Ohio State defeated Big Ten Conference opponent Wisconsin 52-21 to in their home opener to improve to 4-0. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the week before, they blew out Toledo. We all saw it, and I think everybody was like, all right, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Because, of course, Toledo, a matching team, you know, you can't really get a gauge of too much for the offense and defense on that one. But having the Wisconsin Badgers, one of the best defensive teams in the country, come into your home stadium and to put on the performance like they did was truly spectacular. The offense was really firing from all cylinders. They set the tone early, guys. A couple of quick scoring drives up and down the field. And also, one thing they did in that first half that helped set the tone, too, getting an interception from Tanner McAllister on Wisconsin's first offensive possession. McAllister had a huge game. Him and Tommy Eichenberg, they came up huge in the long run for Ohio State defensively. And man, talk about Tommy Eichenberg, co-defensive player of the week. He leads the team in tackles with 30 through through four games. We're talking to Ronnie Hickman at Media Day on Wednesday, and he's like, are you upset that Tommy Eichenberg's getting more of the tackles this year? We knew the leader last year goes, hey, if Tommy's making the tackles, that's perfectly fine by me. What can you make of Tommy Eichenberg and what he's been able to do for Jim Knowles this year under that new defense? Well, first, Ronnie's answer is exactly what we'd expect from Ohio State, having been to several media sessions before and hearing the team first answers that all the team gets. And it's hard to look at the at the field and not know that those answers are genuine because they are. They play for more than themselves when the Ohio State's out on the field. But every week we talk about, you know, looking at the offense specifically, we talk about a new receiver or a new running back that comes up and takes the spotlight for that week, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr., whether it's Emeka Buka, whoever it is. Tommy Eichenberg has been the consistent factor that we've talked about every time when we talk about the defense. So you have occasionally those games where somebody will come up and they'll make a big play. Tanner McAllister's interception was a big part of that. Three games now in a row where the Ohio State's had a turnover and McAllister was part of continuing that streak. But Eichenberg, it seems like every time we keep coming back to him, he's the one point of consistency, or at least one of the points of consistency that we've seen in this week. And through four games last year, Eichenberg had 10 tackles. Through four games this year, he's leading the way on the team with 33 tackles, five of them for a loss, and two of them being sacked. So quite a turnaround for Tommy Eichenberg. I think it's safe to say he's getting very comfortable in this new system with Jim Knowles. But we talked about how he's been one of the most consistent players. Let's talk about someone who's just entering the lineup a little bit. Of course, in that game against Wisconsin, multiple cornerbacks were unavailable to play. And we saw that step up with Jair Brown, who was able to come in and talking with him again at media day on Wednesday, saying he practices just like the rest of the team. They train as if they're going to play on every given day. So he said he was just built and ready for that moment. Yeah, and that's what helps them be prepared all the time. You know, you, you can look at the depth chart. You can say, here are the starters. Here's who we expect to be at a high level. But that doesn't work for Ohio State. You expect everybody, whether they're, you know, to use a hockey reference, whether they're top line or fourth line, to play at the level of each other, to play at a fantastic level. Same thing with Ohio State. Coach Day doesn't care if you're a backup. Coach Knowles doesn't care if you're a backup. They don't care where you are in the depth chart. They expect you, once you come out, once you get your moment, you come out there and you play like you've been doing it all your life, regardless of what year you are. And that's what helps people like 
Jair Brown come in and play at a high level that all the coaching staff expects them to. Head coach Ryan Day said on Thursday on his weekly radio show that he expects Denzel Burke, the starting cornerback, to be ready to go. Still hearing what the word is on Cameron Brown, but he could get the chance to go. But as you guys were talking about, this is great for depth purposes to see J.K. Johnson, Jair Brown step up on the edges because they played a great game against the Badgers on Saturday. It was a phenomenal game from the defense, and I think that's what Ohio State fans were waiting to see. They knew how their offense was going to show up this year, as they did last year, but it was just a big question. How is Jim Knowles going to come in and really change this defensive team? And through the first four games, at least, we're definitely seeing it. And the offensive end, things are clicking just like everyone expected. C.J. Stroud, 281 yards through the air, five touchdowns in the win against Wisconsin. Emeka Buka had two touchdowns as well, along with Kate Stover, who's been the big surprise this year, the tight end who's more known for his blocking abilities. He's now got a couple on the year as well, and he's just been having a phenomenal year. And it goes to look at the offensive line as well, who's second in the country in least tackles for loss. So Shaw being able to have that time in the pocket has been huge so far for him this year. Well, allow me to correct you. One of the surprises for this year, we've seen a few. Mike Hall Jr., of course, on the defensive side. Again, to go back to the defensive side. Not like I'm trying to avoid the offense here. We <laughs> talked about last week how much I love defense, specifically the guys up front. But Mike Hall Jr. has been one of them. Tommy Eichenberg, we expected to be good, and he's over-delivering in certain areas. C.J. Stroud is picking up after a slow first-half start against Notre Dame. He's picked up. He's gotten into his form that you would expect him to be in. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Igmeke Buka, Xavier Johnson, they're all coming in and playing in the absence of Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming. They are coming in and being these big pieces, and that's what allows Ohio State to be undefeated at this point, despite having those starting safeties out in certain areas, those starting wide receivers, like we said, Fleming and JSN, out in certain areas and not losing sleep over it. Definitely so. And, you know, we talk about the offense, how they've been such lethal throughout the year. They have the third best offensive rating in the country in total yards. But how about looking at the rushing attack as well? I mean, Trayvon Henderson, Mayan Williams have been phenomenal. Last game against Wisconsin, they combined for 222 yards while Williams scored two touchdowns. But it's just very hard for a defense to really plan that approach like that, knowing that, hey, no matter what, if we plan for Henderson, Williams could have a big game or vice versa. And what's so interesting is that they're two totally different running backs stylistically. And one of my favorite stats that I've seen about Mayan Williams is that so far this year, he's averaging over 7.9 broken tackles per 20 carries. That is incredible. That's by far the top mark in the Big Ten. Shows you how much of a power rusher he is. And then to counter, when you have Travion Henderson and his prowess to get big gains, that is just as lethal for a defense to try and stop because Henderson, he breaks off those big runs like he did last year against Rutgers, a 44-yard touchdown. Look out. That really poses a lot of problems for a defense. And Mayan Williams is only 120 yards away from 1,000 in his Ohio State career. Milestone that we could see on Saturday night, but getting a little too bit about their opponent now, the Rutgers. Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who are entering the contest 3-1, and one, they did lose Saturday for their first loss of the season to Big Ten opponent Iowa 27-10. to 10. And in that game, this is the first time this season where a team's been able to run 100-plus yards on the ground against Rutgers. Of course, they're going to have their hands full Saturday with Chavion Henderson, Mayan Williams, but Iowa was able to have 129 yards on 38 attempts. They were definitely able to get the ball down 
and get moving against that Rutgers defense. Saturday night primetime game in Piscataway. First time Rutgers has really had this great of a start in a while going 3-0. and Then you have the Hawkeyes coming in. And you know what, guys? Rutgers did not play well. It seemed like they looked a little flat, but... One good thing to see was that Evan Simon, their quarterback, yes, he threw for two interceptions, but he also tossed for 300 yards and a touchdown on 49 total attempts. Now, the quarterback position has been a question mark all season long because no Gavin Wimsett, no Noah Vedral yet. Those two quarterbacks that would have been the number one and number two guys on the depth chart coming into the season, they've been hurt. They haven't played too much yet. So to see Simon take the ball and throw for 300 yards, which is something that hasn't been done for a Rutgers quarterback since 2020, was a really good indicator of where Rutgers stands, especially in the passing game. Oh, definitely so. And think about 20 for 49, 49 times. He's looking like Joe Flacco these days out there on Saturday night. You who got, ever thought we'd still be complimenting who? Joe Flacco in 2022? <laughs> He's elite. Joe Flacco's an nothing, elite quarterback. Nothing against the guy, but if 2014 was a person, it's Joe Flacco. I, I, I think I would agree so. But Rutgers is 3-1. and one. Of course, head coach Greg Shiano used to be at Ohio State. So far in the year, they have wins over Boston College 22-21 with a win over Wagner as well, 6-6-0 before their last one. It's Temple 16-14 before finally find, falling to Iowa. Now, just entering the Saturday's contest, before we get into a little bit, of course, this is 100 years that Ohio State and Ohio State will be celebrating its 110th homecoming weekend. So I just kind of want to go around the table a little bit, talk about some of our favorite memories that we've seen at the shoe so far. Well, I'll lead off because mine's not anything as important as your guys. I didn't grow up an Ohio State fan. I never went to an Ohio State game until the spring game of 2020 when they finally let us back into the stadium. So I'll say mine as the Tulsa game last year. It was the first game I worked for football for SGSR with uh, Max Cohen, Zach Neighbor, and Murphy Horning. Uh, so I'll just say that was my first memory. That's my favorite memory being in there. Of course, I'll maybe earn some brownie points with you guys and say Notre Dame that opening weekend, <laughs> working with you fine gentlemen. Matt Goldman along with us too. He's not here today. He's not on the crew for this week. But uh, working that game was another high point in my career, in my memories. I'd say outside that Notre Dame game, because that was so much fun to be up there in the booth with you two and Matt and everybody, uh, if we're going to include the 105,000 others that we were in the stadium with, that was pretty cool. Also, I'd be remiss to not say the 2017 Penn State comeback game. Mm. Pretty darn awesome game to be at. And just a fun atmosphere and a fun comeback. And, of course, if my father were listening, he'd probably have a little bit of a angry face because we did leave. We did not stay for that entire game. We left to head home because it was freezing. But, nonetheless, Saquon Barkley in Penn State, JT Barrett in Ohio State, the comeback, we saw a little bit of it. That'd be my favorite memory. I would definitely say for me, it was my freshman year. Of course, I have many games as a fan watching from home, but freshman year was the first time they did the blackout against Michigan State. That one will always be a favorite to me. It was a cold, rainy night, but Ohio State was able to play, and I got to see Justin Fields in action, which was during my time, just as a student, not much as a broadcaster, I thought just phenomenal to watch Fields work. Talking about entering Saturday, Ohio State leads the all-time series versus Rutgers 8-0. And they are 32-7-3 at home, Ohio State is. This will be the ninth consecutive year that Ohio State and Rutgers have played. 
All the games in the series have occurred since Rutgers joined the Big Ten Conference for its initial season in 2014. Now, Rutgers is starting to pick up on Ohio State after scoring just 27 points through its first five games versus the Buckeyes. Rutgers has now been able to put up 66 in their past couple of matchups. Now, Ohio State has won 26 straight Big Ten games this year, starting with Rutgers in 2016 with a 58-0 victory. Do you think that holds over the head a little bit? Of course, Rutgers is coming in a huge underdog saying, hey, we've never beaten Ohio State in our tenure. Greg Schiano, of course, wants to get back a little bit at his former team. Well, Greg Schiano said in his weekly press conference that when you want to try and beat Ohio State, you have to play your best brand of football. Can they do it? It's a matter of that. If they can try and bring together their best brand of football, then we could see a close game. There's no doubt about it. I, I pointed to Tyler to take that question first because my <laughs> answer is no. They can hang over their head. They can't do anything about it. I, I was looking at ESPN this morning when I was writing my game predictions for the week, as I always do, uh, which we'll get to here in a minute. I was about to say my score, but then I remembered we have a segment for that. But as I was writing that, ESPN has something like a 1.7% chance for Rutgers to win 98 point the rest of that. I'm a journalism major, not a math major. You calculate the math at home, but the rest of that is Ohio State. Rutgers can come in. It would take a miracle and divine intervention for them to win to, uh, for them to win tomorrow. Greg Schiano, the Schiano man, probably not playing a victory tune on his way back to Piscataway. And for Rutgers and Greg Schiano, they're always known as this sneaky, trickery offense that we've seen throughout a couple of plays that they like to run. And talking to Josh Proctor on Wednesday, he said, what's the best way to battle this, the sneakery that Greg Channel puts on? Just always be prepared. You never know what they're going to throw your way. And the Ohio State really has to be on their feet. They don't want to let up an easy touchdown against some sneak play that is likely to happen with Greg Schiano and Rutgers. Well, if you look at the box score, if you look at the way Rutgers gets guys involved in their offense, they have 14 different players that have caught a pass. They have 12 players that have ran the ball, so they spread out their touches, and they like to do it creatively, like you said. And and Josh Proctor brought up a great point, the safety for Ohio State, who's been playing some of his best football as of late. you got to just be ready for anything thrown at you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Tyler. If there's one team so far through the year, and, and we'll just narrow this to the Big Ten too, if there's one team in the Big Ten that can rival Ohio State in terms of how well they've been able to spread the ball, spread the carries, spread the passes across their line, regardless of where they position in depth, it's Rutgers. Getting everybody involved, regardless of class rank, regardless of years on the team, experience, whatever it is, they have really been able to spread the sugar, share the sugar around, just like Ohio State is. Now, you can argue numbers-wise who's done it to a larger degree, but there's still somebody who comes in with that mysteriousness that Ohio State does of where's the ball going on any given play. And I think before we get to our score score predictions, which, Caleb, I have a good feeling you're going to run that number up I, just, I a, just a little bit. You, well, you, well, you saw how close I got to Wisconsin, and I blew the spread out of the water <laughs> last week. Before we get to our score prediction, here's a quick ad for our sponsors, Barrio Tacos. Barrio Tacos is now open in the heart of the Ohio State campus at 15th and High, Barrio is serving tacos and margaritas late night each night and has an incredible happy hour with half-off margaritas and dollar-off tacos weekdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. 
Don't forget, Barrio accepts Buck ID and is offering to go and DoorDash. You can also catch Barrio inside the shoe during game days at Section 10A and at their taco truck Mondays to Fridays parked right outside the RPAC. And I will say, gentlemen, I stopped outside that uh, RPAC taco truck, and it's almost like... It, have any of you watched Doctor Who before? Can't say I have. No. Okay. So Doctor Who, just to simplify it, he has this TARDIS, right? Which is essentially a dimension inside this small little phone booth, as we call it. Basically, what I'm saying is it's bigger on the inside than the outside. That taco truck, somehow Barrio found out to replicate that TARDIS technology. They have a full restaurant hidden inside that taco truck. I don't know how they did it, but it's almost like they're able to take their locations and put it in that taco truck. They have everything. It's just like you go to the restaurant. It's like the taco version of the mystery machine, basically. <laughs> Except with the with the trans-dimensional technology of uh, Time Lord. So Doctor Who meets Scooby-Doo meets Barrio Tacos, which you can find at 15th and High. You can find in Ohio Stadium, and you can also find them outside the RPAC Mondays to Fridays. We got a little sci-fi, I apologize. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Getting to Saturday, Ohio State Rutgers going to be a good one. Ohio State will wrap up its fifth game of its five-game homestand before heading on the road to take on Michigan State next weekend. The Ohio State offense boasts the number three scoring offense in the country, 48.8 points per game, while also being first in red zone offense with 100% rating. Guys, it's going to be a good one in the shoe. Ohio State's wrapping up its last game before hitting the road. This offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. One of the top now, 20 in the country. What do you really see out of this Rutgers Ohio State score and does Ohio State cover this 40 and a half point favorites that they are just phenomenally listed at so far well it's going to be a good one depending on which team you're wearing the scarlet for if you're an Ohio State fan this is going to be a good showcase for the offense as every week is turning out to be if you're a Rutgers fan might want to schedule your flight to leave before the end of the game or at least start driving by then I have this 58 to 9 I think the only thing that Rutgers is going to do is put up field goals. You just you just can't argue with how great Ohio State has been on offense. That you said the third ranked scoring offense. They should be number two in the country right now behind Georgia, but unfortunately they don't pay me to make the rankings. And when we were talking about Rutgers, right, we talked a lot about offense, how they spread around the ball. Did we mention a single thing about their defense? No, we did not. So when you have an unmentionable defense, and I, and I like to think we do our we do our research. If we had something on it, we would have given it. The number three scoring offense against a defense that didn't stand out. I think this is going to be a train wreck. I think the best defensive mind that Rutgers has right now is standing on their sideline as head coach Grinciano. Now I will say Rutgers top twenty five run defense, but this Ohio State. Backfield tandem of Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson, unlike anything Rutgers has seen yet. So we'll see how that will turn out this Saturday. I have 56 to 17 as the final score, but I'll give you a wrinkle here. Fellow New Jersey native Ronnie Hickman is going to have a huge game. This will probably be his best game of the season to date. He's played really well this year. But I think this is where he really starts to shine and comes up big time. So I don't have Ohio State covering per se, but a 56-17 victory definitely will be just enough. Listen, I think I'm going to follow you guys both up. We talked about 
of course, Rutgers having a solid run defense. And mentioning that we didn't exactly bring that defensive stat up, they're they're allowing 56.5 yards on the ground per game, which is good numbers, but they are yet to face a team like Ohio State, talking about which could be questionably one of the best running back duo in the conference with Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. I just think this offense is going to be able to do whatever they want against Rutgers, uh, to put frankly. And with this new renowned defense as well, I just don't see Rutgers competing at all. We said the same thing with Wisconsin. We thought it was going to be close in the beginning, and Ohio State went 4-4 going up 28-0 quickly in Wisconsin. I'm saying this one's going to be 55-17. They don't cover 40.5 is a lot of points, but Ohio State once again shows why they're one of the best in the country. Ohio State will take on Rutgers this Saturday in the Horseshoe at 3.30. Myself, along with Joe Fair, will get the show started around 2.45 for pregame coverage for Kayla Spinner and Tyler Danberg. Get the broadcast started around 3.15 for a 3.30 showing. Tyler Danberg, Kayla Spinner, I'm Colin Thanks for tuning in to the Blocko Show. Yeah.